Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. I am not Phil Graham. Um, Phil is out pounding the pavements of Miami as we speak. I am, of course, Josh Morjo, a member of our BVI Economic Substance team. And I am lucky enough to be joined today by a guest speaker, uh, George Weston, who, for those of you who've been following Harleys on social media for some years, may remember as being one of our gurus on the subject of director's duties. Thanks for joining us, George. Thanks, Josh. And yes, sadly, I think that some of the evidence of our previous early forays into the world of multimedia legal advice may still be available on YouTube for anyone who's sad enough to go looking for it. Indeed they are, and I'll be happy to send a link to anybody interested to follow that. Um, Before we get into the main topic, I just wanted to mention to listeners who've been following us previously that the third round of amendments to our beneficial ownership secure search system legislation have now been passed by the House of Assembly. There is nothing in there particularly to excite people other than BVI lawyers or registered agents because those largely bring the, the boss legislation into phase with what is already set out in the ITA rules, but just worth being aware of. So without further ado, let me turn over to uh, George on the subject of director's duties. And the reason for today's recording is that we've been hearing a lot of questions from fiduciary services providers, particularly, and also uh, directors and officers of BVI companies, just trying to understand what their responsibilities are in this space. Thanks, Josh. That's very helpful. And yes, we've been hearing a lot of those kind of questions. It's probably instructive to start with a very, very brief outline of what the main director duties are under BVI law. And those can be roughly paraphrase is a duty to act honestly and in good faith in the best interest of the company, a duty to exercise your powers for a proper purpose and in accordance with the act, and a duty to exercise the care, diligence and skill that a reasonable director would exercise in the circumstance which I call the duty of reasonable care and skill. Now, it's worth noting that although the BVI Business Companies Act includes a specific obligation on directors to act in accordance with that act, That doesn't go so far to specifically oblige directors or to put on the basis of director duties, if you like, a responsibility to comply with every other piece of BVI legislation to which a company may be subject. And so that also includes the ES Act, just as it includes the BOSS Act, and just as it includes various other pieces of legislation that a BVI company might be party to. That doesn't mean, however, that the duties which are contained within the BVI's Business Companies Act are irrelevant to the question of your potential liability for falling short in the area of economic substance. So, for example, if you have got yourself into a situation where, due to your own negligence, you have caused the company to be subject to potential enforcement action, fines or penalties under the economic substance legislation, there's probably a very good prima facie case on the face of it that you have breached your duty to act with reasonable care and skill. And you may also not have acted in the best interest of the company. In addition to that, if you're talking about a situation where a director has made or caused to be made or allowed to be made a false declaration to the ITA, uh, you may well have breached your duty to act honestly and in good faith. That last one is worth being aware of because there is a specific offence under the um, economic substance legislation of essentially providing misleading statements to the to the ITA you know, as part of their investigation powers. The area of law that we've received the most questions about is actually um, amended section 9 of the of the BOSS Act, which effectively places, as of 1st of October this year, an ongoing obligation on corporate and legal entities, so that's every BVI company and legal limited partnerships with legal personality, to identify, amongst other things, whether or not they carry on any relevant activities, and if so, which ones. Mm. Now, that does create an offence. And George, if you could talk us through what that means for directors, that would be very helpful. There's a slightly 
archaic position that many people may not be so familiar with within the BVI's Interpretation Act uh, in Section 22. And it essentially states that where a company commits an offence, that offence is actually committed by the directors of the company. Now, what that means in practice is that if a company commits a criminal offence which is potentially liable to a prison sentence and We expect that that would only ever be in the most extreme circumstances. But in those circumstances, it would be the director who would serve the prison sentence. And that makes complete sense because you can't physically put a company in prison. And that's the same basis on which some other jurisdictions in the world approach these kind of issues. I should add, you know, people are listening and thinking that sounds very scary. That is is extremely high hurdle. The the Attorney General would effectively have to to approve the action against a, a director or officer, and and also, you know, there are, there are various limbs of that that would have to be made out. So it's it's pretty unlikely to be relevant um, in practice in most cases. The other thing to mention on on that section of boss that I mentioned is that there is a defence effectively if the company or or the director or, or senior manager can show that there was a reasonable cause not to have identified the relevant activity. That could take many guises, but one of the key things um, that we think will constitute reasonable cause is a situation where effectively the directors have given all the right information to uh, a BVI lawyer or professional advisor, and then they've relied on that professional advisor to tell them you know, which, which relevant activities apply to, to their company. In those circumstances, you would hope that that would be viewed as, as reasonable cause because the, the directors have effectively you know, exercised reasonable care and skill and they've, they've asked the professionals. George, could you talk us through that in the context of uh, direct duties more broadly? Yes, the defence that's there under the BOSS Act interrelates quite nicely with Section 123 of the Business Companies Act, which essentially lists a series of circumstances in which directors may be excluded from liability where they've relied on records and reports and critically in this particular context where they've relied on a professional advisor or expert in relation to matters which the director believes on reasonable grounds to be within that person's professional expert competence. So it would be reasonable, for example, to rely on a BVI lawyer to provide you with BVI legal advice. It may not be reasonable to rely, for example, on a UK lawyer to give you BVI legal advice. Now, it's worth noting that it's only a defence if the director acts in good faith if the director makes proper inquiry where the need for inquiry is indicated by the circumstances. So, for example, if the director finds something in the advice that he thinks, hey, that doesn't sound quite right, maybe I should explore that further, then he has a duty to do that. Uh, And it also doesn't apply if the director has knowledge that his reliance on the advice he's been given or on the information on which he's relying is not warranted. So, in other words, you can't get a piece of legal advice which you know is wrong or which you know is flawed or where you know you've put the wrong information into the lawyer that's led to that conclusion. Uh, you can't, in good faith, then turn around and say, well, actually, no, I, I relied on you. And so even though I knew you were wrong, I'm somehow exempted from my obligations under my director duties. And I think in practical terms, just to wrap up, the, the message that we're giving here is, is not that people should be scared of these offences, um, but that they should be aware of them. And they should be aware of, in particular, the obligation on the entities now, which is ongoing, to identify whether or not there are relevant activities. And part of that exercise that we're seeing in practice for fiduciaries and for, for individual directors is that they need to go back through through their, their entities, get to hand the information for them to make this determination. And then in some cases where you're dealing with um, entities that have a, a foreign tax status, looking at the tax status of the entity and taking appropriate advice to make sure that the that the classification um, that they've come up with is, is correct. And then also just that they're in a position to be able to discharge the various reporting obligations and things as those as those arise um, largely next year. That's that's essentially what we're seeing in practice at the moment. And obviously, if people have any queries off the back of this recording, we're very happy to help. Um, George, I don't think there's anything else you wanted to add. 
certainly, just one small thing, Josh, and it's worth bearing in mind that many people will be thinking that the next step for them after taking legal advice is to have a board meeting or pass written resolutions that sort of formalise that they've received advice and that they've taken that into consideration in forming a view as to what they need to do under the Act. Uh, we're also finding that some people who are thinking about moving their direction of management to the BVI or feel that they are required to do that because of the nature of the particular relevant activity that they're undertaking and that in that particular context it might be quite helpful to use this as a good excuse if you like to make sure you have that first board meeting in the BVI because some inactive companies as we all know may not be having board meetings that regularly and so may not have a natural reason to have that first board meeting in the BVI with their newly changed board where relevant. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point to appreciate. So this is relevant to um, entities that carry on relevant activity and are not uh, exempt as non-residents, with the exception of pure equity holding entities, because in those cases, there's no requirement to show a direction of management in the BVI. So if you're carrying on one of the other eight relevant activities and you are holding your, you know, your first board meeting to demonstrate substance in the BVI, part of that will be to record the basis by which you arrived at your, your classification and also to, to you know, approve any steps that have been taken to become compliant. And that really goes to the, you know, the strategic decisions of the, of the entity in question. Thanks very much for joining, George. That's um, been very helpful. Thanks, Josh.